Welcome back to 10 to win the podcast. Before we dive into part three of confidence, which is the interview portion, I wanted to let everyone know this episode will be slightly longer than the 10 minutes Kevin and I usually stick to. You're about to hear an amazing interview with incredible content that could truly make a difference in your life. Kevin and I felt the content was so good, there was no reason to cut any of it out to get closer to the 10 minute mark. So without further ado, please enjoy the interview portion of confidence. Are you looking to get an edge in life but haven't been able to figure it out? Welcome to 10 to Win, the podcast hosted by Kevin Steidel and Jason Cullum. Give us 10 minutes of your time and we'll show you how to create a winning mindset. Welcome back to the 10 to Win podcast, the podcast focusing on how to create a winning mindset in 10 minutes. This is part three of our confidence episode. If you're just tuning in for the first time, this is the interview portion. And today we have a special guest who's here with us explaining how confidence has helped him along the way to creating a winning mindset. Yeah, that's right, Kevin. Today, our guest is Scott Hall. Scott is a retired fire chief from the Bellbrook Fire Department, as well as a retired chief from the city of Huber Heights. Scott served over 30 years as a firefighter for both communities, and he was a founding member of the Ohio Task Force One and eventually became the public information officer where he supported the federal team on disaster deployments, giving information and updates to the media. Now retired from the fire service, Scott is now the owner of Hall Around Town Radio, an internet-based broadcast solution supporting concerts, live music, and charity events in the tri-state area. Scott. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And so this week, we've been talking a lot about confidence. I've known you for really since I was born and and in my adult life, 20 years or so. And during that time, you have been one of the most confident people I know. If confidence is a sense of comfort within yourself and your instincts, you have displayed confidence as well as anyone. Scott, what's your secret to being so confident? Well, thank you for the accolades there, Jason. But I will say that uh, I truly believe there's no true secret to confidence. I think there's only one answer in how you really acquire confidence. Everybody's got it deep down inside them a little bit. And I think a lot of people choose to ignore the feeling that they can go out and be in front of folks or they can... uh, they go out there and feel good about what they're doing. And, and one way to, to gain true confidence uh, is basically to step outside your comfort zone. And I found myself having to do that a lot when I was younger, because I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer you know some things probably later in this, that I'll tell you a story about when I was younger, I wasn't the confident guy uh, that I feel like I am today. And it's taken a lifetime to get to that confidence level. And, you know, if you fail at things, you learn from them and you get back up and it kind of builds that confidence over and over again. Uh, Failure does build confidence. It really does. And I don't think there's a tried and true secret to it, Jason. Just, uh, you know, it's one of those things each time you step out of your comfort zone, you get stronger and better at what you're doing. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. Scott, given the background and the accomplishments in, in both the fire services as well as life, you mentioned you know, failing at things when you were younger. Do you, did, did you have this confidence? You know, how young did it start? You know, where did it start out for you? Well, I, I obviously had it inside me somewhere. It didn't manifest till I was uh, late into high school. And, um, 
there was a lot of factors that kind of played in that. Uh, I think time is the most important kind of component of confidence and success. When you break it down, it makes sense. Uh, you know, how can you expect anyone to believe in you or your products or what you're trying to sell? Uh, you know, if you don't believe in yourself first, so you've got to have that mindset that I'm going to make this happen. And so many people are so afraid to step outside the box a little bit and uh, try something new in their life and make a change. And I think that's a whole part of that. And, you know, some of the greatest leaders and entrepreneurs in the world attribute their success to being confident. I mean, they do. And, uh, you know, they'll tell you that every time you hear them interviewed or talk to them, it's, it's an amazing thing. Once you get that confidence built, and you move forward with it. I, I, that's just, you know, Scott's opinion only, but it works for me. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that I think is so difficult for people to do is you mentioned, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and be willing to fail, but it's the judgment that I feel like people are receiving from people looking at them when they try and step out of their comfort zone, that doesn't allow them to take the steps forward to try and get uncomfortable in order to get comfortable, right? In order to get confident, you've got to be uncomfortable first. Is that something that makes sense? Is that something you agree with, Scott? Well, absolutely. Jason, I've known you since you were, like you said, a youngster. And, uh, you know, when I worked with your father and then I worked with you and uh, what I saw in you over the years, you built this confidence level that, that went up and up and up every day. And I think that's all because you went ahead and you wanted to try new things, learn new things and so on. And when you ascend the ladder, you know, that old adage that you'll meet the same people going up the ladder, you meet coming back down, you know, you learn from each one of those people. And then as you get to where the end of your career, like I was, you realize that there's a whole lot of people that you met on the way up that now that you're just done and you're just the common guy anymore, uh, you meet them again and you you realize that you made an impact on their life. And that's, that's the fun part about it, uh, about being confident in the way you carry yourself and the way you, you lead. Scott, you mentioned, you know, this stepping out of your comfort zone. Do you have very specific things that you did as a younger guy that were the key cornerstone things that you stepped out of the comfort zone it worked and you gained the confidence. Any examples? Well, yeah. And, you know, there's there's several people, people mentor us every day, and there's several people I can really kind of toss out there and talk about. But I, I will say that the the people that got me as, as a person in high school and saw something in me and said, this guy's got the ability to talk. And I didn't really realize it. But, uh, you know, and, and they used to joke with me, said, oh, you could sell ice cubes to Eskimos and things like that, you know, but I wasn't, I didn't want to be a salesman, but yet I was. And um, this company out of East Lansing, Michigan hired me. The company was called the Roller World Corporation. They owned skating rinks across the country. And they also owned a disco at the time here in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, the Roller World bus stop is where they put me to work. And I was entertaining, thrust into this job. I was scared to death when I started, thrust into this job to entertain over 2,000 people a night on a dance floor. Now, you may think, oh, that sounds easy. He just plays music. But they were a corporation, so they had commercials we had to insert. And you had to, you had to do snack bar commercials, and you had to promote the following night and who was going to appear there and all those things. So they taught me a lot about speaking to a crowd and timing. 
and you know, as well as I do, if you stand up in front of a group, uh, delivery is everything. And th- that built my confidence. That gave me the ability to say, okay, that worked. That was a miserable failure. Let's move on from that and, and step forward. So if I can take anything away from the, the little caveats that were in my life that made me better at what I do, it was public speaking and being up in front of a group. And there's tons of places out there you can go get public speaking experience from the, you know, the Toastmasters Club on down to any just civic groups and t- talking in leaderless groups and being part of a committee or, you know, working, f- uh, volunteering for your favorite charity. There's tons of ways to gain confidence. And I think that's a big part of life uh, is trying to do those kind of things. My older brother is a really successful salesperson who would also say like, I'm, I'm not a salesperson. I wasn't born to be a salesperson. And, but he learned at a young age that every conversation you have is a sales call, no matter what the conversation is. Right. And so he, when he gets in front of big groups, he will say something to the extent of even uh, when I sit down to watch TV with my wife, when she wants to watch the Kardashians and I want to watch the Reds game, we are in a sales call negotiation. She just has no idea. Right. And so it's all about these benefits. You know, I'm explaining her the benefits of wanting to watch Joey Votto's at bat. And she, she has no idea that that's actually what I'm doing. And so we end up getting to watch the Reds game, like stuff like that. It's it's outstanding. It's it's pretty entertaining, but you're a hundred percent right. That delivery, that sales person, you know, and and it is every, every conversation you have is sales calls. Somebody's either going to believe what you're saying or they're not going to believe it. And that's no different than buying it or not buying it. Right. So. Well, you go back to junior high school and you want to take Susie to the dance. You had to sell yourself. That's right. You know, you really did. You had to build the confidence enough to ask her. Now they do elaborate things and, you know, reveal parties <laughs> on whether you want to go to prom or not. But, you know, it's 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 crazy how that works. And you find yourself, as you said, selling things every single day. And when you're introduced to someone and, and Jason knows this as well, you walk into a, a somebody's a residence and you go in on your job and you visit them and you're interacting with them. You are introduced to them and your impression is so important. Uh, that first meeting uh, makes a whole big difference. And, you know, every one of those is a confidence builder, especially for the new guys in your line of work, Jason. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I think of it like this, you know, in the fire service, when we enter that house for the first time, you know, what we display in front of those patients or those folks, you know, it's a representation of who we are, but also a representation of the fire department that we work for. But in addition, like on the real estate side, when I'm doing that, you know, to Kevin's point and his brother's, you know, statement about being a salesman all the time is, you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm acting in the capacity of a realtor when I'm talking to somebody. If I'm just simply talking to somebody about generalities, I'm still a salesperson for myself because if that person down the road needs a house, the confidence that I may have displayed in that first interaction, that first discussion that I had with them may have been like, you know what? Jason mentioned he's a realtor. A realtor. We had a good conversation. He seemed confident. Maybe I'll give him a call, you know, but that was because I was acting as a salesperson on the first time I was talking with them about dogs or sports, not about real estate. 
but you you have to exude that confidence in anything we do. I mean, you really you really do, and, and it, confidence is a hard thing for some people to build. It is, and you you know, and I know. I mean, you've met people that are just the folks that would be petrified to stand up in front of a group of people mm-hmm. and talk. When in reality, everybody's got it inside them; they can do it. You're right, but it's going back to what you said earlier, and it's getting out of your comfort zone. Right? It's taking a risk. You know, in addition to that, you know, this week, Scott, we've been talking about what we believe in confidence and, and, and how it might be diff- broken up into several different categories to include, you know, people who think differently, work differently, schedule differently, and react differently. Do you believe the attributes of confidence fall into these categories, or do you think confidence is built amongst other attributes? That's a, that's a tough one because it's different for every person. But I do believe that the more you broaden your horizons, the more confidence you're going to build. If you stay in your comfort zone and you just stay there in that little box, you're going to get comfortable with that, but you're never going to be comfortable at other things. So it go every time it goes circles back around to this, you know, get out of your comfort zone, do something different. And uh, if you fail at it, it's a learning experience. Scott, you mentioned earlier mentors. Do you want to give anyone a specific credit for something that they did for you? At an early age? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, there was a the, a gentleman named Robert Ginsburg who owned the Roller World Corporation who, this is a this is not a, you know, guy that owns a skating rink. This is a guy that owned 50 skating rinks and nightclubs across America. And uh, they would, on the weekend, fly us to East Lansing, Michigan, a college town, and uh, put us up there and let us DJ their club there and bring their club DJs down to our club to get a, just a change of pace and see different faces and a different atmosphere to better our skills. Uh, he was one, another one named Max Rogers, who, who taught me so much over my life. And he was another guy that was in the entertainment business. And I brought all that back into my career all the time because having the ability to interact with a thousand or 1500 people made it easy for me to go stand up in front of the local Kiwanis club or Optimus Club and sell our fire department. And as a fire chief, I also had to sell million dollar fire trucks to a city council and justify why we should buy them. And that, let me tell you, that can be a little bit nerve wracking. I mean, you, you never know what kind of question is going to come back at you. So you have to be a little quick on your feet, which, you know, if you don't have confidence, you're going to stumble and they're going to say no. And so you really had to go in. And when you, when you sold that, it was like, you guys in the realty business selling the million dollar property, man. It's like I hit the home run, you know, today it worked. Scott, obviously you you mentioned this wasn't something that you, you were born with. It wasn't something that you woke up one morning and just had confidence. Um, it's a series of things that you've, you've done over your career to build it all. Uh, can you give the listeners some advice? Uh, a lot of people listening are, are attempting to to build more confidence and to be better at being confident, where, where can they start at? Well, first and foremost, I'd say stand up in front of a group as many times as you can get to do that. And again, it doesn't, it can be the bridge club. It can be the, you know, whatever Uh, it can be your social functions, but have the ability to interact and talk in a leaderless group uh, of people where there's nobody in charge. And you have to also be a listener then. And it teaches you, the tactic of everyone's got an opinion, everyone's got a, a t- voice in this, and we all have to hear it. But I want mine to be sold, so I'm going to say it a little better than others. And uh, it's 
being able to do that, to speak, perform, engage in conversation is probably one of the most important things. Uh, it's a key step to building confidence. And, and I became very confident performing in front of large audiences, the news media and even city officials and such. But one thing I will take away that somebody told me a long time ago, and it was in the fire service. They said, uh, the citizens you interact with expect nothing but confidence out of you at the worst of times. If you're running around screaming and acting like that you're scared to death, their interaction with you is going to be horrible. They expect you to show up and solve their problem. So again, my career helped that significantly, that confidence level, because you had to be. And in the early days, I can tell you, I was faking it. I was scared as they were, you know, I mean, I was faking it. Uh, they say fake it to make it, but that was, that was what we were doing, you know, and uh, when you gain years and confidence, you've seen those things. So, you know, I can handle that. I love it. Be confident or pretend that you're confident until you're confident. Well, yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I met gosh, Tony Robbins, the guy, the, the guru of uh, all that, you know, yeah. uh, one time. And that was one of the key points he said was if you can't do it, you can fake it as long as it doesn't harm anybody and people are going to believe in you. Don't lie to them. I mean, he wasn't telling you to lie to him. He was telling you, be vulnerable too. be honest and say, Hey, this may not be for me, or this may not be what I can do, but at least give it a try. And if you fail, get up and try it again. Yeah. I'll follow up with one more question here. And in so many times, and we've hit the point here about just getting out of your comfort zone and, and your advice is step up in front of a bunch of people, you know, step up to the plate. And that could be nerve wracking for a lot of people. There could be some anxiety, you know, that's, that's internally created, you know, when somebody wants to do something like that very quickly, do you have any advice? This is to the person who has made that decision to get in front of somebody who's made that decision to step out of their comfort zone. But if that anxiety and that level of, of fear is starting to overtake them, do you have any advice of what they can do as they're beginning to move towards standing in front of those people? Well, I always used to look back on something I'd done that was successful as I was talking to that group and I'm, I'm looking out and I, I try to make eye contact with people. And if you can make eye contact with someone out there who's smiling at you and nodding and responding, uh, it, it's, it's gold then because you, you feel comfortable and you, you keep thinking of, okay, I've done this before. I've talked before and it was successful. I taught a CPR class once and the people loved it and they thought it was great and you know, those kind of things. And as you grow then, and you're doing a big audience, maybe you're selling yourself. Uh, you look at political candidates, they don't learn to stand up in front of a crowd and talk like that overnight. It takes years of practice. It takes a lot of work and a lot of confidence building in them and a lot of good writers sometimes to write their material and never be afraid to, to call on someone else to help you with that and to put your thoughts together. I see more people struggle with the worst thing in life, and that's giving a eulogy for somebody at a, uh, at, at a viewing a funeral or something. And, you know, it's always the person who's the least comfortable to stand up there. And it's just, you need to call upon people to help you, to help you put it together and to help you talk about it a little bit. And I, I that's just my thoughts only on it. But, uh, you know, you guys have been there. You know what I'm talking about. There's comfort zones and there's non-comfort zones. One of the hardest things for people to do is block out in their head what they believe people are thinking about them while they're performing. 
right? So there's just this peer pressure, this, this, you know, we look at it as the new guys in the fire service and you've been around a million of them, Scott, you know, that, that rookie who's coming in and we're trying to teach him something and the entire crew is watching him. And, you know, you've got 16 eyeballs on this guy and he's starting to screw up and why it's because he's nervous, right? It's because he's trying to perform in front of these guys who, you know, to him have more confidence, more experience. And, you know, this is, this is now a, a, a little intimidating. So, you know, I, I just think that many people don't step out of their comfort zone, don't get in front of a group of people to gain that confidence, like you're saying, because they're always so worried about what other people are thinking about them. And what do we do, Kevin? We tell our kids as they're growing up, who cares? You know, who cares what somebody else thinks? Who cares about, you know, what so-and-so or what they did? Or It doesn't matter. Like, focus on yourself, focus on being confident, performing well, and hopefully good things will happen. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, I, I will tell, I will add to that, Jason, because I, I, I observe things like this a lot. And I will say social media platforms have increased the ability of young kids to be confident today. They're performers. They're on. So if you take a good thing from social media, kids become performers. But what happens is you get the negative you first of all can't see those people you're talking to. So you don't know if they're rolling their eyes or they're smiling. Uh, So there's this sense of fear of what people think of me and this fear of how many likes am I going to get on this post or how many people are going to troll me with their comments and all those things. It's a two-edged sword there. And the downside can be living for the numbers, likes and comments, obviously, So it's a really slippery slope how these kids learn today to be confident because you can't see that reaction or voice inflection in their response to you, you know, and you've taken, I mean, it's like writing the email and you send it and then you say, oh, maybe that was a little harsh, you know, because nobody can tell you were really trying to be nice, but they're going to read that as man, he's, he's being a jerk to me today, you know? So that's why Twitter's uh, instituting an undo button, I think. (laughs) Well, you know, it's not it's not too dumb, I think. I think there's times people regret they hit the button too fast and we do it when we speak, you know, and then you you regret it later and but we're talking about confidence and confidence is is something that's built and I firmly believe what I said at the beginning of this podcast, it's inside every single person. I've seen people go from being the most introverted, I didn't think they were ever going to make it in the fire department to being leaders because they gain confidence and it, it, there's plenty of self-help out there too, to find on the internet. There's things to help you learn the steps of confidence and, and skills and things to practice. And I'd recommend that to a lot of people. It took me years to get to the point where I could stand in front of 70 microphones and talk to the national news media, you know, about nine 11 and things like that. So it took a lot of years to get to there. Yeah, that's just great. Uh, any last uh, comments, uh, Kevin? No, this has been great. Thanks so yeah. much, Scott. Any any final thoughts, Scott, uh, before we wrap this thing up? No, I, I think I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I've listened to your work, and I want to give you props for that because you guys are doing great things in a few minutes, which is important because people need to manage their time. As I listen to your time management episodes and those kind of things, they need to uh, be able to have somebody who can kind of steer them in the right direction. I, I find that trouble myself, and some of the things I picked up from what you guys did helped. That's great. Thanks. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's encouraging. And, um, 
Well, listen up, uh, everyone. We're out of time here. So this has been a lot of fun uh, with Scott today. We appreciate your insight on how to be more confident. That will absolutely play a vital role in the lives of our listeners. And listen, take Scott's advice on becoming more confident or just simply go out there and start a rescue task force for an entire state like Scott did. (laughs) Uh, So thanks again, Scott, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to part three, the interview portion of our confidence episode. We will see you back and better than ever on Monday for a brand new episode. Remember, if you are impacting or influencing just one person a day, it's worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to learn a winning mindset. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to create a winning mindset. Remember, we'll release a new episode every Monday. So be sure to start your week off right by listening to 10 to Win. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast. And remember, if you're impacting or influencing one person a day, it's worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to create a winning mindset. Yeah. Yeah.